Well, Houthi fighters have warned they will take revenge after the US and the UK carried out their most extensive airstrikes yet in the Red Sea. They say every aggression will be met with a response. Monday strikes were carried out with the support of Australia, Bahrain, Canada and the Netherlands. Now the New Zealand government says it will deploy six New Zealand Defence Force staff to the Red Sea. For the latest on the ongoing conflict and international reaction to New Zealand's newly announced involvement, we're joined now by the BBC's security correspondent, Frank Gardner. Hi there, Frank. Welcome to the programme. Good morning. Kia ora. Let's start with these the strikes that are already underway against the Houthis. Are they effective? Well, militarily, yes. Politically, no. The Houthis um, have vowed to continue targeting shipping. So until they stop, then the airstrikes haven't worked. Are they degrading the Houthis' ability to hit shipping? Yes, gradually. But the Houthis have got a lot of weapons. They've got a lot of missiles, a lot of drones, many of them supplied by Iran. And it's interesting that these strikes um, that took place just under 24 hours ago were specifically, in some cases, targeting underground bunkers that were storing weapons. So the Houthis probably thought they were safe there and Western intelligence had picked these up. Um, The strikes were carried out primarily by the U.S., uh, jets and Tomahawk cruise missiles backed up by four Royal Air Force typhoons. But the intelligence was um, aided and provided uh, and assisted by Australia, Canada, Bahrain and the Netherlands. So I would imagine that the addition of, uh, of New Zealand into the sort of into the mix will be very welcome um, because this is a, a really crucial global trade route through which 17,000 ships a year pass. Um, the, the area of the Yemen coast that, that is being threatened by these Houthi missile, missile attacks, it's, it basically passes a really narrow constriction point called the Babel Mandeb Strait, which is only 20 miles um, wide in its uh, narrowest part. And that's through that point, a trillion dollars a year worth of trade passes. Now, a lot of that trade is now avoiding the Red Sea. Um, and that is hurting Egypt because every ship that passes up through the Red Sea and goes has to go through the Suez Canal and they have to pay um, duties to Egypt. Well, Egypt's missing out on those because these ships are going all the way around the far side of Africa. And Western nations, including NZ, are saying, well, we can't have this. We can't have a prescribed terrorist organization deciding which ships can go past its coast. Your Prime Minister has been speaking about the operation this morning. What has he had to say? He has said that this is not a fight that we're of our choosing. We don't want to go to war with the Houthis, but that this is purely in self-defence. It's completely unacceptable to have them doing what they're doing. The Houthis and their supporters, which are many in the Middle East, see this very differently. They see this as the Houthis taking a stand for Palestinians in Gaza. Now, some people have said this is pretty cynical of the of the Houthis, most of whom have never met a Palestinian in their lives, and that they are guilty of double standards of hypocrisy here because Human Rights Watch, which is a, a well-respected human rights organization, has accused the Houthis of withholding water from residents in their third city, Taiz. Um, so it is a little hypocritical that the Houthis are demanding a lifting of the blockade by Israel of Gaza, while at the same time partially blockading one of their own cities. The Houthis are no saints. They've had a pretty brutal rule 
They took over the country illegally nearly 10 years ago. They are um, a, a fairly extreme Islamist organization backed by Iran. Ethnically, they don't represent more than about 15% of Yemenis, and they've not ruled it very well. But poor Yemen has suffered eight years of civil war, and this is frankly the last thing it needs right now. Just finally, you mentioned uh, the involvement of Iran there. What are the, uh, are the risks or the likelihood of this escalating further through the Middle East? There's a number of ways that this could happen. I mean, Iran doesn't control the Houthis, but it supports them, it supplies them, it trains them. It sent a number of trainers down there. There are even reports in the UK media that Houthi uh, naval officers have received training um, in Iran on the Caspian Sea at a base near the town of Rasht, um, where they've been taught how to board ships, how to hijack ships, how to attack them, and how to launch missiles. Iran denies that it's doing any of this, um, but those denials, I don't think anybody really takes them seriously because so many weapons shipments from Iran going to the Houthis in Yemen have been interdicted. In fact, only a few days ago, two U.S. Navy SEAL commandos fell overboard during one of these interdictions and they drowned in the Arabian Sea just off Somalia. So it's an ongoing thing, this. It could get worse, to answer your question, What the Houthis would like nothing better is to punch a hole in a Western warship uh, or knock down a U.S. or British fighter jet, preferably capturing the pilot alive and parading him through the streets of Salah. I I think it's pretty unlikely to happen. But there is, I think, a real risk of civilian casualties. So far, there haven't been any. But... If they if they start if these airstrikes continue in response to continued Houthi attacks, it could only be a matter of time before civilians get killed or injured, and that could generate quite a lot of anti-Western feeling in the Middle East. Sorry, and ju- just to pick you up further on that anti-Western sentiment, then uh, New Zealand's involvement—how significant is that? We'll be speaking a lot about that on the program today. How is that being seen internationally? Well, it's very—it's pretty recent. Um, yes. So, you know, there hasn't really been, I mean, it, there's not been reaction that I'm aware of yet, but it'll certainly be welcomed. So the U.S. has renamed its operation in the Red Sea. Uh, it originally was called Prosperity Guardian. It's now been renamed Poseidon Archer. And all the countries um, within reason that it can, it's very keen to have them on board. New Zealand's expertise, having already served in the Middle East and um, and other parts, I'm sure will be welcomed, especially when it comes to things like intelligent targeting, surveillance, satellite, you know, surveillance and reconnaissance, interpretation of satellite pictures, things like that. I haven't seen the designation of exactly what the New Zealand officers uh, and men and women are going to be doing there, but I would imagine they will either be based in Bahrain, which is the headquarters of the U.S. Fifth Fleet, um, or they'll be on board a U.S. warship in the Red Sea. Um, but it'll definitely be welcomed. Appreciate your time this morning. That was uh, the BBC's security correspondent, Frank Gardner. It is 17 past six.